0: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham.
1: Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School Sirius XM. 111. Hey, if it is Thursday noon Eastern time, we are taking our calls live right now at 844 Wharton, 844 942 7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives right here in sunny Philadelphia. And we have the dream team, Michelle and Dion, who make this show so much fun, as well as sound Incredible. So give us a call 844 Wharton 844 942 7866. We want to hear from you. So on today's show, fact or fiction, hiring slows down at the end of the calendar year. Hmm. What is your experience? Give us a call. We want to know. Hiring. Does it slow down this time of year, or is that just a myth? 844-WARDEN-844-942-7866, or you can tweet at Dr. Don Graham. So, Hey, we have a great guest to help us today. We are welcoming back Tom Gimbel, who is the founder and CEO of LaSalle Network, a staffing and recruiting firm based in Chicago. Tom's expertise lies in helping people secure a job search or secure a job in a search, career development, and how businesses hire successfully. He's been featured on several media channels, including the Today Show, Fox Business, and CNBC, and we are so excited to have him back on Career Talk. Welcome, Tom.
2: Good to be with you, Don. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? It's been a while. It's been a it's while. Been a
2: few, you, 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 you forgot about me, but I'll, I'll, I'll recover. I know, that's, I'll not,
1: that's not true. I have to say, I'm going to call you out. I was in Chicago and I was trying yeah, to. I was
2: that is true. Trying that
1: to have true. lunch with you, but you're a busy, busy guy, Tom. But you are busy
2: <laughs> hiring
1: people, which is why we love having you on the show because, well, thank you. <laughs> because you've got such great advice. You do this every day, you and your team. So. This is, as always, with you on the show, Open Call Thursday, because you've got great advice, and we want to make sure we get it out there to the listeners. So, 844-942-7866. So, we're going to talk today about whether or not hiring does slow down over the holidays, because I know there's there's a lot of uh, myths around that, and is that true? So, hey, if you're listening... And you have a, a tip on this, or if you have an insight on this, we'd love to hear from you. But before we go to that, Tom, I have to say, I read a lot of blogs, I read a lot of stuff on the internet, and the one thing that keeps coming up over and over and over again is this thing called gift-opening anxiety. Now, I didn't even know this was a thing, gift-opening anxiety. It was even on WebMD. I mean, this is, this is like a legit thing. It's kind of an outshoot of, of social anxiety. But, I mean, tell me, Tom, do you like getting gifts?
2: Do I like getting gifts? Yeah. I'm not that great of a gift. I'm a better gift giver than I am. You're a
1: better gift gift giver. Michelle and Dion, what are your thoughts on this?
3: I mean, gifts?
0: I
2: like getting gifts.
0: You do? Sure.
3: So, okay. If you could guess, do I like getting gifts or not? What would you guess? See, Michelle, you're you're always so upbeat and
1: positive. So I'm going to say yes, yes, yes. (laughs) All right. So Michelle and Dion do not have gift getting or give, but it's really about the opening the gift in front of other people that makes it's the reaction that you need
2: to give the person who's giving you the gift.
1: Yeah, like what if it's something that sucks. Because you don't know, and there's that ambiguity that and can there's definitely
0: be, be awkward,
1: yeah. well, well, this is the thing, Dion. There are actual articles out there that keep coming in my my inbox for some reason. I guess I guess they know something about me because I actually do not like surprises of any nature. And I'm a planner. I'm an organizer. So anything that that's a surprise, even if it's a good one, I just it makes me anxious. So I think I do have this this as well. But there's actually etiquette Tom about, what you're supposed to do when you get a gift. So uh, have you read any of these articles?
2: I I haven't seen that, but I'm just curious about who (laughs) Who has the master's degree in gifting? Yeah,
1: well, that's just it. You know, yes, I I have a master's in counseling with a specialty in gift opening anxiety. So, <laughs> very very busy this time of year. <laughs> so, but the the articles here is here's the etiquette. So, if you have gift opening anxiety, which I I think I've sort of self diagnosed that I do because that's what you do on WebMD. You go on, you're like, holy yep. crap, I have that. I have that too. So, so I do. I, I, don't like, I don't like ambiguous situations. I don't like opening gifts in front of other people. But this is what the etiquette states. That if you're opening a gift in front of somebody, card first. So always card first. So don't dig right into the gift. Dion, do you follow this?
0: I, I do. <laughs> but I know people that don't. It's just like I throw the card to the side and start unwrapping.
1: So is that, so, so this is right then. I you, mean, yeah, because I mean, usually
0: kids do that. They'll, ju- they'll just throw the card to the side and just get get to the heavy gift.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, and I think kids are exempt from this, because I think this might they be... They shouldn't be. It's
0: what? not... <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta start them <laughs> early.
2: It's true. Dawn, kids are not... You, this is why kids turn into bad adults. All right, kids fair are enough. not exempt from that. You need to teach kids the right thing to do, because... A lot of people actually spend a lot of time picking out the card. I agreed with Dion. I always read the card. Even though I don't I'm not a good receiver, I always read the card. That's really
1: true. Actually, I'm I do that too. I pick a lot I pick cards that I, I'm like, this is the right card. This is it. This is so I agree. So okay, kids are not exempt. I was if this was gonna be in the, the DSM five, I would think this would be in the adult disorders, but but apparently not. This is also gonna be a childhood disorder. So okay. So open the card first. Um. This is, this cracks me up. Say something genuine before saying thank you, and they suggest "ooh" or "oh cool." Wait.
0: Okay. Time out. <laughs> say some. First of all, say something genuine. Can't be a rule. And if it's going to be genuine, it, there there can't be options of of what your genuineness exactly. is. <laughs>
3: Choose your choice of genuine answers. Okay, but Michelle, for the for the woman who loves getting surprises and gifts, like, do you have a standard reaction? I, I mean, thank you is a favorite go to. (laughs) Well, apparently, you can't say that first. No, this is. I do say like first of all, yeah. So I do say, oh my gosh, that's so thoughtful. Thank you so much, and then I give a hug. I don't know if that's allowed.
0: Here's here's my thing. (laughs) The fact that you can come up with what you say when you're genuine, I'm questioning genuosity. I'm
3: giving you an example. Genuosity? (laughs) No, that's not a word. (laughs) That is the 2017 word of the year. Genuosity. (laughs) We're questioning your genuosity, Michelle. (laughs) I am giving you a mere example of something I've said in a genuosity moment. (laughs) Okay, but I think I've heard you say that a lot maybe (laughs) I'm just saying listen we all have our our little piles that we go to
1: alright but I I think thank you is good and if you can add a a genuine ooh or oh cool (laughs) (laughs) the next step there's, there's only two more steps the next step is to study it
3: before tossing it aside so okay that makes sense yeah that's, again, back to the little kid thing, because that's what Turn kids do. Turn it over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> read, read the instructions. Yeah.
3: So, so if you get socks, study them. Yeah. These are cotton. Oh, these, oh,
0: these are tube socks. Tube socks. Ah. Gold toe. Gold toe. <laughs> I think
3: what you do is just point out something unique on them. Like, oh, they have a they have a yellow spot on them. That's awesome. Or, oh, they, if you get, like, a little... Beanie That's... with a tassel on it. You're like, oh, it has a little fluffy ball. Whatever Michelle is doing right now is the definition of genuosity right exactly. there.
2: <laughs> You'll know what it is, You're but welcome. it's
1: that. <laughs> and then the last step is smile even if you hate it.
2: So, uh, uh, Tom. It depends who gave it to you.
1: Oh, okay. Why does that matter?
2: I mean, a, re- a real friend. So I my best friend in the whole world, right? He lives in New York. I've been friends with him for 28 years. And if, I, if he gave me a gift, I'd be like, I hate this.
3: <laughs> okay, okay. And he, would,
2: and he loves me for that, and I would expect nothing less from him. And I think when you have real relationships, you can be like, what are you thinking? This is crazy. But- now, when you're in the office and that types of stuff, since we're on a career-type show, then I think you have a little bit more of decorum. But you know, when you really know somebody, you go, you know what? Yeah, You can be a little bit more You can have fun back with people too You have to know who the giver is You have to really understand hmm. the situation you're in So this is more complex we talk about. It's more
1: complex yeah. than we're making it sound It depends on the giver It depends on the environment Work versus home it depends on how much you like the person well, If you Michelle's want to stay in a relationship
2: in, with that Michelle's person Michelle's response might inci- inspire somebody To walk away thinking she hated it
1: Well pretty much Oh no, D- no.
2: <laughs> yeah. She probably did though
1: You can't tell with Michelle. She's she's very positive. So like you can never tell. She's like that was a great show, and she says it every week.
2: You can never tell. tell. When you can never tell, that makes you think that it's always bad.
3: Yeah, Michelle. God, you guys had me questioning my whole life. I have some really deep soul searching to do on this, this holiday break.
1: It, but no, that, that, oh. but that's why we love you, Michelle. Because we're and for having a bad day, do you, know, I, do you? No, no, we really do. Because it's like I can come to you and I could say, "God, that didn't go well," and I know it doesn't matter what it is. You'll be like, "That was great." Positive reinforcement works sometimes, and it's good to have those people in your life. So if you don't, you know. Everyone needs a little Michelle in their life. And say, why not call her now? 844-WARDEN-844-942-7866. Okay, so let's get to the topic at hand, Tom. We're talking about this idea of hiring for the holidays, and people think it slows down. And we actually already have people calling in with opinions on this. So we're going to go right to it. Corey in Texas, um, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today?
4: Good day. Thank you all for having me on the show. Uh, I really appreciate the time to discuss this with your guests and yourself, so thank you very much. Um, We're in San Antonio, Texas. We're a local insurance agency for 10 years, and it does slow down here in our market pretty much in uh, probably in the new year. Uh, the end of the year is pretty strong here, depending on what retail you're in. If you're in retail, it's very strong. Mm-hmm. Our market with this generation is very, very in- – they really like to have a, a pay weekly job uh, with pretty much no benefits. And we're in a poorer market, so close to the border, so that kind of hurts us at times. So it's really really hard to find educated educated people to take classes or get licensed and to do work so if you're in the retail you're very good here but you're just going to have a high turnaround ratio um okay so, years, so you're, you're
1: seeing Corey that it, it um it's still pretty busy right now and you're in a retail field but january is when when kind of things things dry up and do you do you, and you feel like that's industry-based and i would i would guess that's true tom tom what are your thoughts on that
2: I, hiring across the board is so geographically based and so industry-based that it's it's hard to get generalizations. And there are a lot of companies. There's different types. So there's seasonal hiring for more retail or hourly-type roles. And then on the more career-based, uh, long-term manager roles, um, perceived professional, i.e. accounting or or marketing or things like that, where historically people have believed that that hiring slows down at the end of the year and, and that obviously that's the topic of the day, and, and I don't believe that's necessarily true across the board.
1: Corey, do you see that fewer people apply? Is that is that the challenge, that you're not seeing as many applicants this time of year or in January?
4: Yeah, we don't see many applicants this time of year based on uh, what type of business you have. Um, Our biggest fall off for the past eight to ten years in San Antonio, the trend we have noticed, is right around April, about May and June, we have almost 50% drop off in the summer. I mean, it's It's really bad then.
1: It's too hot. (laughs) It's pretty
4: hot. hot. But uh, during Christmas, we see everybody stay on board because they need the quick money for Christmas. Uh, right. And things like that for holidays, sorry, not Christmas, but the holiday um, and my my fight is how do you find people? I know you're specializing, I've been waiting to hear your book or your website. I haven't gotten that yet. Uh, I'm really interested in getting your information off of that because that's that's the challenge finding they call it the unicorn here, finding the employee to stay on board.
1: Finding the unicorn, up. I like that That's a good title for a book, Finding the unicorn. So Corey, great question. So, um, so Tom, as somebody who is a CEO of a a staffing firm this is this is a perfect question for you when things sure. do slow down or when when you find that you're in a business where people pass through and and just kind of see it as maybe a stepping stone, how do you find the
2: unicorn? Well, the first thing I did, and and I've heard that expression of the unicorn. And I tell every client I have. I said, "Remember, unicorns don't exist." So now let's now that we're in the in the world of reality, we can talk about the fact that we're going to have highs and lows and be disappointed. Tom, so, you just
1: killed the book title for my next book. <laughs> right? I didn't say it wouldn't sell. How to find a
2: unicorn? Exist, right. So they don't. I'll write, exist. I'll write the forward for you. So, right. <laughs> but yeah, but when we when we're looking at hiring and it's a tough spot, the key is. What are our expectations of the type of people that we want? Are we aiming too high and those people get bored in the role? Are we aiming too low and they can't make the jump up from maybe a blue-collar job to doing a retail job, if that's the case? Are we not looking at different buckets of people? Are we not looking at at people who are graduating from college because we have this perception that they'll quit right away because they'll, they'll think they're overqualified? It's really trying to understand what types of people. Then we've got to look at where a lot of companies that manage high turnover type roles fail is that they want people to want to be there for forever instead of having realistic expectations that it may be a 12 or 18 or 24-month job cycle and a stepping stone for people. And then you can manage how you develop and grow people, and how much time is spent into training and development, or how much time is spent into culture building that they may only be there for nine months, but it's a great nine months, and that begins to sell itself in the community
1: yeah so i Tom, I like what you're saying because i think there's there's two there are a couple of things you're bringing into this that i'm I'm hearing, and then you know one is the market the market has changed people don't stay at companies as long as they used to now uh Nine months is a is a relatively short time. Most people stay, on average, depending on your generation, at least two to four years. But when we know the market is changing, so Corey, I'm wondering if one of the things, and Tom kind of alluded to this as well, is is okay, maybe change the model, maybe change how quickly people can get up to speed and what they can produce in those nine months, or, or how they can that maybe a referral system where they can bring other people on and and kind of embrace the idea that that this is somewhat of a stepping stone could be a great thing because then you get great employees who have a win-win at the end. The other thing, Tama, I think I'm, I'm hearing you saying is sometimes you just got to look in places you're not looking. So if the traditional hiring, maybe you're posting online, maybe you're putting ads in the paper, maybe um, you know you're putting them on LinkedIn. But if the traditional hiring isn't working for you, Try something new, even if your mind is telling you, ah, that'll never work. You just don't know till you try it. Clarity comes through action. So maybe you partner with a local university or local community college, or maybe you offer internships with those those you know universities or something that you haven't done previously. Because sometimes it's just finding that different feeder pool that can bring you a different type of candidate that that makes it work. Corey, great question. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk today eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two 7866 six. if it's Thursday noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific. We are live and we have Tom Gimble, founder and CEO of the sound Network, on the show today. So, hey, if you've ever wanted to ask the CEO of a staffing firm the deep, dark secrets of getting hired, you have that opportunity today. 844 Wharton, 844 942 7866. So, the topic du jour is do companies stop hiring around the holidays? And I think, Tom, this is a pretty common misperception, but um, as a staffing firm, you actually have data on this. So, so tell us, is this true? Is this not true?
2: Yeah, It's definitely not true. Um, there's going to be situations depending on the level. So, so the, the theory is that executives are taking time off, anybody, staff are taking time off during the holidays. Thus, there isn't anybody to put the rubber stamp on a hire. And what's happened due to technology, we can think, is that people are accessible all around. And so decisions may not get made as fast or they may have to be made remotely but when there 's a role going into place, the other the, the, it can happen, and it does happen. The second thing is and this is is, is not holidays based it's it 's fiscal year based and that is if people are getting bonuses at end of year or if they 're going to let people go at end of year, they may uh, slow down on aspects. However, if a position is open and they 're interviewing for it, offers are being made all day long and and i 'm talking at every level i 've got Entry level, executive level, staff level, uh, direct hire, contract positions, temporary jobs across the board. Um, and I'm seeing it across the country. We, we do business in 18 different states.
1: Because business goes on regardless of holidays. And, you know, I, I've been reading up on this. And I, found a, I found a great article that was talking about December is a new January in terms of hiring. Because companies don't want to lose revenue. They want a full year of productivity from their employees, which means they need to bring them on board at the end of the year, get them trained up, integrated into their systems, whatever it is. And that way, January 2nd, they can hit the ground running and they get a full year of productivity. Actually, one global telecom company actually did a study of this in their own firm and they found that people who were hired between you know quarters one and three were actually slower to make an impact and and harder to integrate so they started hiring everybody in q4 and they saw their productivity increase increase so i mean does that work for everybody it's hard to say but it's
2: interesting totally i'm sorry to cut you off you get a head start i mean that that's exactly right you get a head start i was talking to to a vp of sales this was years ago and it was in the third month of a quarter and I said, I said to her, how's your quarter looking? And she said, it's the third month of the quarter. It's over. I'm already focused on the next quarter. I can't do anything now. You know, it's that mentality of at the end of the year, it's, you know, quasi too late to focus on this year. You're preparing for next year. Mm-hmm. And you want to get those seats filled and you want to get people executive to entry level on board and going through the the steps even the the two or three weeks of just knowing where the bathroom and the coffee maker are steps out of the way so hope it doesn't take two or three weeks to
1: to find the bathroom especially if you happen to find the coffee maker first (laughs) (laughs)
2: let's hope not
1: Uh, let's hope not um Hey, if you're listening and you have experience with this, maybe you're trying to hire, maybe you're in a job search right now and you're just not getting any bites, we want to hear from you, 844 Wharton 844 844-942-7866. Do you find that hiring is slowing down? Or are you finding it speeding up? Something else, Tom, that I think people don't recognize is that... that- a lot of people have stopped their job searches this time of year, so they, and they're like, you know what, I've heard it, there's no sense in wasting my time, no one's hiring, or they're just busy with the holidays and, and family stuff and, and other things, so competition goes down. Do you find that?
2: Absolutely. It is people want to, they, they default to companies won't hire, so I'll stop looking. And they want to focus on uh, their holiday shopping, on their their kids maybe off of school or they're going to take a vacation or whatever it may be. And the people that go aggressively through the holidays – the people that are in the office that are working, they're open to meeting you. They know that you're hungry. I believe it's a great time to be pounding the pavement looking for a job is during the holidays.
1: And, and this time of year we know a lot of people get hired in temporary roles, particularly in retail or any kind of customer service or, you know, delivery or, or any kind of hospitality. I mean hotels and, and all yep. kinds of places are are just busting at the seams with, you know, corporate parties and, and everything else and you know, so so a lot of people are getting hired. And, um, you know, they're thinking, well, this is just a temporary job, but it doesn't need to be a temporary job. Right, Tom? Like this can can are there ways you can you can switch this and say, well, okay, I know I was only coming on for three months for the holidays, but maybe I want to stay on.
2: Really? Very rarely. No, 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 no. Very rarely do I see companies have somebody come on in a temporary basis and say, you're unbelievable. Now we've got to let you go.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I made an assumption and I cut you off too early. So, so then no, <laughs> roundabout, yes, they are keeping exceptional people.
2: For sure. The key is is how hard you work and where your focus is. And there's, there's you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not downplaying garbage men when I say this. There's great garbage men and there's bad garbage men. There's great temporary workers. There's bad temporary workers. There's great executives. There's bad executives. And it's the example you set and the impression you make off the bat and how hard you work and if you're an hourly employee and you have the mentality that i'm going to come in one minute before my shift starts and leave one minute after my shift ends you're sending a message of where your focus would be if you were a full-time employee Mm -hmm. and you're not going to have the opportunity if you're the employee that gets there 15 20 30 minutes early gets your stuff organized and ready to roll and you're the kind of person that that goes overboard for the customers if you're in a call center or a server or whatever you may be then those are the types of people that they go you know you should be here full time exactly absolutely
1: exactly and you see this all the time because you you place you place full time permanent you place temporary workers and you see the stellar ones get scooped up
2: absolutely i, mean, I would literally say 90 over 90% of the time that when somebody when we get unbelievable feedback on our contract and temporary workers, they, they make an attempt to convert them to salary. I
1: mean, it is hard to find great employees. And, and the, the cool thing about temporary is that you, you kind of get this try before you buy on both sides. So the, the employer gets to, to see you in action, and you get to decide if this is maybe even a place you want to be long-term. But I, I we talked about this on the show a few weeks ago, if you missed that episode, we um, earlier in the month. And it's, it's happening all the time. People forego this idea of a temporary role because they're like, no, no, I'm looking for something permanent. But you're totally underestimating that the hardest part of getting a job is getting your foot in the door. And you can do that much more easily with a temporary role. I mean,
2: 100 percent. We do both. We do search and we do temporary and we do contract staffing. So across the board, and I see it with clients all the time that if especially a lot of times companies will be interviewing somebody and they're not sure even at a manager director executive level they're not sure and i've had the best candidates ever the ones that go you know what? I'll go in and I'll I'll do contract work for them for, for 60 days and they can see if they like me or not. Mm-hmm. And those are the people oh, it's almost at that point the company wants to extend a full-time offer to them because you offered to come in a, a, as a temporary.
1: Mhm. They're like, "Hey, watch watch me shine." And the company's yep. like, "Yeah, let's let's go for that." So, hey, mm-hmm. 844-844-942-7866 if you'd like more great advice, you can follow my blog Dawn on Careers. So I I imagine Tom that some companies this time of year are thinking, "Ugh, I don't want to bring somebody on because then I have to pay them for all these extra holidays, and maybe even have to, you know, pay for a ticket at our holiday party and all that." And I I just feel like that's a little short sighted. But you know, again, as somebody who has data on this, I'd, I'd love your insight.
2: You do get people that will say, well, the managers are going to be uh, on vacation and we we're a little bit slow or we're a little bit busy fulfilling orders or whatever it is, and we can't onboarding people. And it's very short-sighted. It's the same thing as when you interview somebody who's terrific and people say, well, she's, she's pregnant, we can't hire her. And it's like for three months you're not going to hire somebody? And you know, It's crazy. And it's the same thing at the holidays because you're going to have a slow period or a lull for two or three weeks. You're not going to jump on somebody who you feel is the perfect fit. It's insane to me, and when you find somebody who's great, you grab them no matter the day, week, month, <laughs> time of year, yeah, it bring them on board
1: and and we hear that a lot I'm sure you do in in your role too tom about there's a there's a um shortage of great employees there's a shortage of great employees but it's kind of to to cory's point who called earlier is that sometimes you just have to to change how you look for them or how you find them or how you you think about it i mean oh, i don't want to bring somebody on for the holidays because i might have to pay them for a couple of days they didn't work but hey why not bring somebody on happy <laughs> like how is that a bad thing hey we're gonna go to courtney in ohio courtney welcome to career talk what's on your mind today
3: hi thanks for taking my call my question is the best way to go about asking for a raise i have my yearly review this month and um really kind of think that my my salary should be a little higher um, especially compared to the other employees uh, that are in the same role that i am so how do i go about asking for a raise in a way of saying, "I know you're not paying me what you're paying everybody else
1: yeah, good question courtney a lot of A lot of people are having their end of year annual reviews or performance reviews or or even um performance salary discussions and stuff like that this time of year so so Tom, this is a great topic that Courtney's bringing up. What is your recommendation?
2: so twofold I think where Courtney alluded to is exactly right. You don't want to say that you know what everybody else is making because now all of a sudden you sound like the office gossip and that you're talking out loud about comp. And there is an employer in the world who wants to hear that from an employee. So you really want to stay away from that. What you want to do is look at your year or look at your two years or however long it's been since you've had a raise and, and target your accomplishments. And you either have, have helped the company make money or you've helped the company save money. And if you're neither, then you're in a real bit of limbo. Right. And I say, even if you're in a support position, if you supported a group that made the company money, you help make the company money. And to really allocate that and to make your case, you are you are now a lawyer going to court to make a case for why you're worth more money than what you're currently making. And if you have to, in a nice way, you can go online and look at what your position type would pay. Uh, but there's three things that yeah, how you judge a, a worth. There, there's what the employee is worth to, to the company. There's what the employee's worth on the street to another company, and then there's what the employee thinks they're worth. And there's usually – it's somewhere in the, in the middle of those three.
1: So so step one, Courtney, doing your research in terms of – I do think it's important to understand what you're worth on the street because a lot of times, especially if you've been – how long have you been at the company, Courtney?
3: Uh, In March, I'll be there three years. Three
1: years. Um, So, yeah, but people have been in a company for an extensive period of time. Sometimes because of the way the raises work internally, they don't actually <laughs> make what somebody off the street might make Correct. so so that, that's that, exactly right yeah that's an important factor so 3 years you're probably you're probably in a pretty good range but um, I still think it's helpful to go to sites like salary.com payscale.com glassdoor and just here's my here's my thing everybody always asks me what's the one site I can go to to find out what I'm worth and I don't think there is one site I think you really need to go to a few different sites you need to tap into your network you know maybe even call headhunters or staffing firms to get some Information or do your your research and kind of find that average, but as Tom mentioned, Courtney, you need to also have that. Here's my return on investment in in some fashion or form. And what I would also say for those of you who get an answer like no or it's it you know I haven't seen enough or whatever that is. I mean, I think you you can't stop there. I think you say, okay, well, what do I need to do in the next six months? to get there and and come up with a plan and maybe you ask for a mid year salary review if, if the answer is no and you say, Okay, let's talk about the things, the goals, the specifics I need to do between now and and June to be eligible to get this raise. So so do be creative, do recognize that companies do have some limitations, but um Keep going for it. And I say the number one thing, Courtney, is you've got to ask. So many people don't get a raise or don't get a promotion or, you know, an internal move or whatever because they just didn't ask. And people didn't know that that's something they wanted. Very simple thing. But, Courtney, good luck to you. And thank you for giving us a call at Career Talk 844 warton 844 844-942-7866. And, of course, it is time for our pre-break quiz. Quiz.
4: There's a Quiz.
1: And of course, it is holiday related. So according to Consumer Reports, a monstrous 90% of people said there's at least one thing they stress over during the end of year festivities. Among the top complaints, gaining weight and getting into debt tie for number two. So gaining weight and getting into debt are two of the biggest stressors around this time of year, tying for second place at 37%. But the number one holiday stress producer at 68 percent is this I think you know 844 wharton 844-942-7866 the number one holiday stress producer at 68 percent for most people is this you're listening to career talk on sirius channel 111 we'll be right back
0: you're listening to career talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Graham.
1: Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Series 6M, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and you can follow me on Twitter at the same handle, at Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Tom Gimbel, the founder and CEO of LaSalle Network, a staffing and recruiting firm based in Chicago. And Tom, where can people reach you?
2: At Tom Gimbel on Twitter, at LaSalle Network on Twitter, and then uh, our website is LaSalleNetwork.com.
1: Fabulous. So we are very lucky to have you here today because it's open call. You are in the business of hiring. So if you have any questions related to the holiday job search or just the job search in general, promotions, raises, temporary, to permanent jobs, Tom is your man. 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. So before the break, we did the pre-break quiz. So the holidays are stressful. We know this. So Consumer Reports did a survey, and they found that the... the Second, in second place, tied for the two most stressful things during the holidays are gaining weight and getting into debt. The pre-break quiz asked, what is the number one holiday stressor at 68%? What causes Americans the most stress at 68%? And Of course, we are going to Dion, who, who had a very, very clear and easy answer. I've got to
0: say, Tom's laugh makes me think either I'm right or at least he, he thinks the same thing. <laughs>
1: Wow, that's that's an in depth that's an in depth analysis yeah, that, from I'm, a from a giggle, Tom. I'm, I'm
0: working over here. <laughs> Dion
3: knows his stuff.
0: I'm gonna say family.
2: He's gonna say family.
0: See? Boom, Told you. baby.
3: But say it the way you said it during the break. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't even know how I said it.
3: He's like, well, it's got to be family, right? <laughs> yeah, like, 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 as if, Dawn, how could you
1: ask such a dumb pre-break <laughs> quiz question? Because, like, that's not even a quiz. That's just known. Like, yeah, that, yep. was, that was what he said. But that wasn't it. That is on the list, though. It is. It's number six. Wow, Seeing certain relatives. I know. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not even going gonna...
0: to. Oh, my family's not listening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: So that's. All right. Yeah. No, it does, it's on the list, though. It is on the list. Michelle? I'm going to guess, because this is a big stressor for me, um, travel and transportation. That is number five. Um, mm. Well, I beat Dion. <laughs>
0: it
1: <did>. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> See what's
3: important here.
1: So, so Tom, were you on the, Are you in the family camp there?
2: I was. Uh, I was in the family camp. But maybe it's uh, if that's not number four, maybe it's uh, the stress is asking for time off from work.
1: Really? No. Mm. Right, you guys are all stressed out about? <laughs> so the number one was crowds and long lines. Yeah. You know? huh. Huh. I mean, I, I,
0: don't people shop online, though?
1: That's what I would have thought. But maybe, yeah, maybe it's crowds and long lines while you're in those long lines with your family.
0: There you go. Was Trending. this quiz
3: taken in 1984?
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do think crowds, though. I mean, going out around, I mean, even just going to a restaurant now or just walking around the streets, there are crowds everywhere.
3: That is that is true. So,
1: Especially um, in
3: congested cities. Here yeah. in New York at that time of year, no thanks.
1: So number four was gift shopping. Um, what did not make the list, surprisingly, is opening gifts, which we now know. <laughs> oh, well, May, cool. Well, May, Yeah, exactly. Ooh, thank you. Um,
0: <laughs> Don't pause before so, the thank yeah, you. They didn't say that,
1: but you can tell that's noticeable. Do not pause. So, okay, so that'll make the list next year, though. Let's see. Seasonal music. Which, again, I, yes, that's annoying. But I think yeah. there's so many other options now. It's
3: one of my favorites.
1: Like Sirius XM, where you can choose to listen to Career Talk and not to seasonal <laughs> music. <laughs> Although maybe if somebody took this quiz, they'd, they'd put that on there, too. I don't know. Disappointing gifts. I don't know. Um, but you, that goes you know, along with the opening reaction. It does, but, but you can't tell them you're disappointed. Except Tom. Tom will tell them he's, what is this crap? Yeah, <laughs> That's how you know he loves you. And Tom, right now you know all of like your employees at, at LaSalle Network are like, holy crap, I better get Tom something nice.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're great gift givers here. They're very thoughtful.
1: <laughs> no pressure. No pressure, LaSalle Network. Um, uh, having to attend holiday parties. I like this. Having to attend. Having I, to
2: attend.
0: <laughs> I
1: have to go to this it's party. It's mandatory. <laughs> my life <laughs> is so terrible. <laughs> Number 10 is interesting having to be nice now (laughs) (laughs) is this a requirement
0: apparently well maybe it's
1: having to be nice when you're opening a gift in front of your work colleague maybe that's what they meant and then rounding out the list was holiday tipping so there you go. These are the things that are stressing us out the most. But but let's let's go with this family thing, this this seeing your relatives, Tom, because one of the things that can be stressful if you haven't seen your relatives for a while and you're in a job search or you're between careers is hey, how's that job search going? And you just it's the last thing you want to talk about because you're trying to relax and not think about it for a few days. How how do you encourage people to respond to that?
2: You know, you you have to have good relationships are so important in the office with family with everybody else things that that sound it might sound obvious but people don't do anything a lot of these challenges dawn they're not year-end holiday challenges they're 12 month a year 365 days a year hand uh, problems and challenges and you have to improve your communication style internally at work and externally so it doesn't all happen at the holidays to me, that's the biggest challenge. It's almost like year-end reviews, which you and I have talked about before. If you don't know what's coming, that's the problem. It's not what the message is. It's that you weren't aware of it. And so you've got to work on these things for, for the previous 11 months, and then you have better dialogue, and then you can't, you can't have all due respect. You, you, you listen to, to a, an expert or, or quasi-expert like myself or a real expert like you and, and, and have all your problems solved.
1: Why not? Why not, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I want from Santa. All my problems solved. So
2: exactly.
1: I, I do think that one of the things that we talk about is, is the missed opportunity this time of year to, to network. So if you're in a job search, even if you're not in a job search, This is like prime time to network because you're seeing, for example, warm contacts, meaning people you don't see all the time. Maybe you see once a year every few months. And like, here's an opportunity to go and talk to them and share what you're doing and and ask them what they're doing. So, I mean, I think this is something that you actually want to go into, even if you're in transition at the moment because this is the exact time when people have their defenses down, maybe they're, they're relaxed, they're having a drink, and these are the great times to have these types of conversations.
2: Better to do it even if you're not in transition. Unfortunately, sometimes it's you get too many people that wait until they're unemployed to do it. Right. So or in in the process of thinking they're gonna get downsized or thinking they're gonna quit. If you're happy in your job, you should carve out the time to go and, and network and then try to repeat throughout the year at other networking events. But you're right, in the holidays people are, are they're they're gonna cut out of the office a little bit early to go to an association party, an industry party. Whatever it is, and you don't have to go and have the lampshade on your head. You can go and have a couple drinks or, or what grab. What parties a, are uh, you going
1: to? <laughs> <laughs> I wanna to come to a LaSalle network
2: party. We would love to have you at any <laughs> any time. And uh, but you you gotta go and 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 step out of your comfort zone and talk to people. But it is there's 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 an ability to network and it can be it's not an innate skill in everybody it's got to be a learned trait and you've got to practice talking to people and we overdo the concept of the elevator pitch and all those things but it's true and be able to go up and talk to people that you don't know that you've never met before and at the holidays you're right the guard is down a little bit And to be able to go in and do that can be have year-long positive consequences
1: Mm -hmm. so go to those events hey becky in indiana welcome to career talk what's on your mind today becky Yes, I come from a non-traditional background for some of the positions that I'm applying for. And um, my question is, how do I get a meeting with a person for whom I will actually be working? Because my senses is, is my resume is being screened out by HR. Um, because perhaps it doesn't include some of the buzzwords that are required for the the position but i'm fairly certain that i could do the position or at least get a meeting with the person but i can't get past um on occasion i can't get past hr so what do you suggest i mean sending an email is the obvious answer but i think you know the person has hr for a reason and so they might not want to hear directly from an applicant so i'm just wondering how what 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 his advice is on that. Yeah. Great, great question, Becky. So as a switcher and anybody who's switching or transitioning industry or function or both, this is a common problem. You're going through the, the steps of a traditional job search as a non-traditional candidate, and you can't do that because you're right. The applicant tracking system or the HR or recruiting professional will screen you out to begin with. It's a red flag. You, we're looking for for an apple, and you're an orange. Now, that doesn't mean when you boil it down, you don't have the transferable skills, but if you're going through the traditional path you are going to get screened out before you even have a chance to make your case to the hiring manager. So it sounds like you, you're at that point And, yeah, you could send an email, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with networking, however. Tom, as somebody who gets people in front of hiring managers, what is your advice for Becky?
2: The first thing I would say to you, Becky, is are you prepared to work harder and put in more time than somebody who does have the resume and transferable skills? Meaning, if it's a, if they're going to work forty or forty-five hours, are you prepared to work fifty to sixty hours?
1: The answer I, is yes. Yeah,
2: yeah, of course. No, yes. I, 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 everybody's not. Everybody's not. Everybody. Most people think that they have transferable skills and they'll come in and they say, "Well, I'll work as hard as everybody else." And the key is, if you're willing to do more then that's the message that you've got to figure out because getting in front of somebody is important but just being able to say oh I've got these transferable skills isn't enough you need to have your story ready to roll okay and that is I looked at the job description I looked at the people who are in the role because of this great tool called LinkedIn we can see everybody's background who's in a certain job right I looked at what their experience was I looked at the job description and I saw that these software skills or these types of, of tasks, these are the three things that I've done in my career over the past three years that are I feel from 30,000 feet are very comparable to that, right? So you've got to have that. If you don't have your story down, getting the meeting is irrelevant. Now you've got to figure out, to Dawn's point, of how to get in front of those people. Okay, And number one is, if you can craft a really good cover letter, which people do read, make sure you find out who the right hiring manager is. And maybe if you know the job you want and where you want it, you federal express it to the hiring manager. You don't go crazy and stalk, but you send one shot at it, right? Shoot and shoot to kill, as we say. The second thing is, is to know where those people are going for what industry associations they're involved in, and to start learning about that industry by becoming a member of that association. They have ongoing learning education, and they have events, and to Dawn's earlier conversation, they actually have holiday parties and things like that. So if you want to be in an industry, you've got to submerge yourself in that industry to really get a feel for it and i think you start doing those things and then you can branch out the other aspect is who do you know at that company via linkedin or otherwise who can maybe put a good word in for you to that person
1: so totally agree and becky just to sum up a couple of the things that tom said i think it's really about becoming one of them and them being your new your new industry or your new function so so showing up at events or or Getting an inside person to refer you, and even if they're in a different department, I mean, even if you're applying to IT, and the person who who puts your resume in front of the hiring manager is in marketing, it doesn't matter what. What you need to do is overcome the the bias, the loss aversion bi- bias that a hiring manager doesn't want to take a risk on you as a non traditional candidate because hey, if you don't work out, it's going to be costly to them. They're going to waste time. And so their bias is to hire the traditional candidate. Now, if you have somebody on the inside or you keep showing up at meetings or other things in a non-stocky way, of course, then they're going to say, "Wow, this person is serious. This person is committed." I got their resume put on my desk by somebody who's a trusted insider. I'm going to have a conversation with this person, and it's because you're kind of you're kind of overcoming that bias and getting into the mix of the company. Now, now that's not going to guarantee a job, as Tom mentioned. You're going to have to have a, a rebranding strategy to where you can take your transferable skills and spend speak to them in the language of the hirer, but the best way to bypass the system is is to kind of get into the pool so you're ready there, able to have that conversation. It's it's a tough thing, Becky, but this is exactly what my book is about, which is coming out in June, because as a as a former recruiter and as a psychologist, I know there's these bias and stereotypes from a hiring manager's point of view and from a recruiter's point of view that that keeps people like yourself out because they're afraid. And this is what I want to help people overcome. Because you know what? I think you get in there, you could do a kick-ass job. The other thing I'm going to say as we, we kind of wrap up is don't forget the temporary roles that Tom and I were talking about earlier because hiring managers are much more willing to take a risk on a temporary or contract employer because they know, hey, if it doesn't work out, this is going to be an easy separation. So if you know you can do the job, get in there and say, I'm willing to be a, a six-month contract hire. I'm willing to be come in there and do a temporary role. Get your foot in the door. Show them that you're a rock star and then the offer will come after that. Becky, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. 844 Wharton 844 844-942-7866. So, Tom, I want to talk a little bit about out-of-office messages because we're going to be seeing a lot of these <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. And what I what I found is that I was doing some research. About 1 in 10 check their email hourly even when they're on vacation. Check their email hourly. 44% say they check it every day. This is crazy because we know that the human brain needs to unplug. We need a break, and people aren't using their vacation. So I think, I think part of what could help you is a good out-of-office message. <laughs> do, 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 you, Dion, what does that giggle mean? Dion?
0: That was not, I don't know what that one means. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we can never tell. You're, do, do you not agree? What, what are your thoughts, Tom?
2: Well, I I think that that we shouldn't make determinations for the masses, that um, not being in the office and and working incessantly and going to checking emails once a day or or once an hour or whatever it is, that might be a vacation for somebody. And for other people, they may need to completely unplug for three days a week, ten days, whatever the, the amount of time is, is fine too. And everybody's got to determine what's right for them. And what's the the out-of-office message for somebody who's in a sales capacity that maybe their prospect is making decisions over the holidays is very different than somebody who's in a finance capacity and they've wrapped up the year and they're ready to move on. And so I think we've got to make sure that, that we have compassion, understanding, and empathy for different jobs, careers, roles, and companies and where people are in their lives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So – Okay, so there are some people who will find it actually more relaxing to just check in with their email and make sure that life is a progressing lot of people as usual.
2: Don't want useful. to come back, Don, and have and have three hundred emails, three thousand emails in there, and they'd rather spend uh, a half hour a day just deleting.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm guessing this is you because you're <laughs> you're very passionate uh, about
2: this. I'm not an out of office guy. CEOs so Don't get not, to do that. That's not my style. So Mm-mm. no, I have staff that does it. I, I just choose to. To, to look at it, at the very least, even when I'm, I'm traveling internationally, look at it you know once a day or twice a day just to know what's going on i like the the connectivity
1: so it's interesting cuz as a ceo i was looking at um you know just a couple of the the different ways companies handle it there actually are some companies that use this this tool i think it's called mail on holiday or something where they say you can't like basically our employees are on vacation <laughs> we're going to delete your email email us again which i'm like okay that seems extreme but <laughs> i'm guessing that's not your style tom no, I, I just it,
2: it, every every industry and every business is different, and so for for me, I like to to know what's going on in the connectivity, and and that's that's uh, a good feeling for me. Here's and a cool the anxiety of not knowing even after a week is still it's it's just not that doesn't make me feel good.
1: So one of the things I read that actually I'm going to try this year, which I think is kind of cool because I agree with you. Coming back to two million emails is. It's stressful in and of itself, so so yeah. So people go and log on, delete stuff, so that they can come back to a clean email box. But one of the things that I've read was a suggestion to say on the either one, extend your out of office an extra day to give yourself a catch up day. But if that doesn't work, when you come back, put a new out of office on and say. You know, I've just returned from an extended vacation or absence, um, and I'm getting, you know, through my email, please be patient. If it's urgent, call me at this number. Which I thought was a nice thing because it gives you a little bit of a break to. So people, if they really need you, they can call you. But if they don't, they're like, oh, all right, you know, Don just got back. I'm going to give her give her two hours, and then if she doesn't get back to me, I'm going to call her.
2: <laughs> well, and everybody's got different styles, right? So when you're at a company at a long enough period of time, people know that. You know what? Dawn's a, a, a 24-hour email respond, responder, and Tom is a one-hour email responder, right? So you, you kind of set up parameters during your work life anyways. And if you're going to say, if you, I, I've seen executives, and they'll put really detailed things. I'm on vacation for a week. I'm not going to have access to, to communication. So... For this issue, contact Bob. For this issue, contact Dawn. For this issue, right, and it's very, very detailed. And I have also seen where they say, "I am going to delete all emails, so please don't send me anything."
1: Yeah, that's that's a little extreme, but I've seen it's that a little too. Extreme, but at least it's direct, right? It is and direct. People
2: know where they stand, and the person on the other end says, "Okay, I need to follow back with them on on January third because that's when." Now you're going to get bombarded on January third but at least it's clear and concise and it's better than not following up the emails because you got 1500 of them over the week and you're never going to get through them all.
3: That's why
1: I like the fudge day. That's why I like extending it a day or adding a new one saying, Hey, I just got back. I'm working on it just to give yourself that peace of mind. But like you said to each his own and do what, do whatever makes you least stressful during the holidays, which may or may not include standing in long lines not seeing your family, (laughs) Um, and saying, ooh, cool, thank you, after opening the card first. So, Tom, so great to have you on Career Talk today. Where can people reach you one last time?
2: At Tom Gimbel on Twitter, at Network and LaSalleNetwork.com. And thanks for being on. It's always great to be with you. I hope you have a great holiday season.
1: I hope you have a great holiday season as well. And I will be sure to to catch up with you next time I'm in Chicago. Michelle and Dion, thank you as always for making this show so fun. And to all of our callers and listeners, we are here each week on Career Talk for you. Um, So you can always reach us on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. So... I wanted to wish everybody a happy and healthy holiday season and just say that do whatever makes you least stressful this holiday season. You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM XM channel 111 and we will see you next time.